Welcome to Beyond Speaking with Brian Lord, a podcast featuring deeper conversations with the world's top speakers. Hi, I'm Brian Lord. Welcome to the Beyond Speaking podcast. Today we have with us Stacey Hunky. She is the author of Influence Redefined, Yes You Can, um, and she helps leaders communicate with influence and authenticity. So Stacy, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks for trusting me with all your followers and your viewers. Yeah, well, I, I'm excited to have you here. So we'll get to it later. You're a huge Bulls fan. She's dressed in Bulls colors. <laughs> what are you planning on this? Um, you also come from a farm family. Yeah. And, and you obviously speak to these big Fortune 500 companies. But where does the farm life come into who you are and how you do what you do? Mm-hmm. So if anyone's familiar with that type of lifestyle, there's a lot of the Monday to Monday. Mm-hmm. And one of the stories that I share with a lot of our clients is growing up on the farm, a lot of my drive and values come from that hard work ethic, right? Mm-hmm. Because I always knew whatever we would plant in the spring and the consistency I'd see in my dad throughout the year to work the land was our finances in the fall. Mm-hmm. Like, I figured that out pretty quickly. And then once I got into corporate world, I realized, wait a second, every interaction we have determines how we run our businesses. It determines the people in our circle, the money in our pocket, Mm -hmm. and truly the influence that we'll have over long term. That's where I really got our whole tagline of Monday to Monday and this idea of consistency. And in the work that I do around communicating with influence, it's the consistency of how you show up, it's the consistency of is your body language consistent with your messaging? And then now, especially in the hybrid, in the virtual world that we live, that just raises the bar for everyone. It's the consistency of how do they see you on Zoom versus how do they see you in person? So it's, it's had a lot, a long, very long journey just mm-hmm. from my years of growing up on a farm. And what, what type of farm was it? It was a dairy farm. So mom and dad had the dairy farm and I was sharing with you earlier, they're, they're still at 82 years old. They're still running the crops and the land. Yeah. That's amazing. It, it is because <laughs> I always joke with my dad, I never have anything to complain about. And my, yeah. my job, day job is pretty easy compared to <laughs> you know, hard labor. It is, it is. But you also have those things like, you know, when, when the crops come up or, you know, milk, you forget about all those things that lead up to it. So like you as a speaker, yeah. you have all that preparation, everything else, the, the study of the clients, what their needs are, what the what you want to grow out of it, all starts way underneath the surface before anybody it, sees anything. It does, and, and it's twofold. It's not only the work that I do with the client and making sure that I understand what kind of conversations are they having, big, big challenges, mm-hmm. like what's preventing them from connecting and engaging and building trust, which is the core to driving influence. So that's one side of that. And then it's the other side for, you know, for our listeners of how are you prepping the conversations, even the random impromptu conversations you are having. How are you prepping them beforehand? How are you prepping them in the moment, adapting your message on the fly? We know all this. Mm-hmm. I always like to say, what I teach is common sense. It's not common practice. Right. And that, that's what makes it tough mm-hmm. because it's the consciousness of thinking about, well, how does someone experience me every time I show up? And then what do I do in the moment so then long after the conversation, they remember me because influence might not happen in that first interaction. It might happen three months later. Mm-hmm. How do you prep for an impromptu conversation? So I'm going to use the analogy of, you brought up the bulls earlier. So I'm just going to use an analogy of any <laughs> sport, right? Yeah. But if you think about like a pro athlete or even if you know, our listeners, they've been playing, you've been playing golf or tennis for years and years, suddenly you get coached. 
And that moment of coaching is, whoa, this feels really uncomfortable because you're messing with my muscle memory. You're messing with what I originally know. It's through the practice and then the number of times you swing the golf club that suddenly you can prep for any golf course, the, the challenges that are on the golf course. And that's where I teach the whole idea of impromptu conversations. If you're, let's take brevity, is always a request from a client. Help us get to the point. <laughs> With the brevity, if you don't have brevity in your day-to-day conversations with your family, your friends, and suddenly it's a high-stakes impromptu conversation with your board, you cannot just pull this stuff out of midair. So it's the practice. As much as people don't want to hear that, it's the practicing brevity all the time or whatever it is that you want to change or whatever you want to enhance around how you show up. Mm-hmm. The impromptu also, you know, I think the last two years of that, the experience that we've all had, it has forced us to communicate with empathy. But when I say that, it's really listening for what is the right question I need to ask at the beginning of this impromptu conversation so that as they're talking, I'm preparing in the moment. And when I say open-ended questions, I'm not, how are you? Because we hear that all the time. I'm like, come up with something that is going to get so deep into their world that as they're talking, you're grabbing their key points to say, all right, that key point's important to them, so that's going to be my next open-ended question. Mm-hmm. I think we, we need to just go back to 80-20. You know, impromptu conversation, you speak 20%, and it'll be a wealth of knowledge that your listener actually helps you drive the conversation based on you know, what lane they're sitting in. Mm-hmm. How did you get into this sort of line of you know, helping people develop the influence and, and yeah. present in a right way? Yeah. Gosh, my, my first job out of college was radio. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be the next Katie Couric <laughs> <laughs> or whomever is popular out there right now, but it didn't work. But I remember I did a lot of the commercials. Mm-hmm. And I realized when I, how long it would take to do a commercial. I thought, I have to just read this piece of paper? Easy. And then I also realized the impact of just my voice and my words when I would listen to the commercial. So I started to get really intrigued with this whole idea of body language. Mm-hmm. Then I moved to a corporation that I was their presentation skills coach. And I would travel around the world teaching executives how to present on a stage. I never felt right about it because I thought, well, wait a second, I'm teaching them all these skills and they're presenting two months from now. By then, if they never got on the golf course, it's not working. And that's where it clicked, where I realized influence really is how you show up. And is your personal brand consistent? Are you building a reputation that people never have to guess, which one of you am I going to get today? (laughs) And I'm I'm sure we all can relate to that. I have one story in particular where one of my clients back in Chicago, which is where I reside, he's a VP of sales. He calls me up one day and he said, I think I need your help. I was going to my meeting with my team that we have at the beginning of every month. They didn't know I was outside the conference room ready to walk in. And I hear someone in the room say, I wonder which mic is going to show up today. Yeah. And the more you can eliminate the hesitancy of not being consistent and not being authentic or whatever it is you want to make sure your brand represents, the more you eliminate doubt in people's minds. And that's where I really just got intrigued with the idea of body language. And I, I just really sat back in my corporate jumps throughout my earlier years of my career and I would watch the leaders that people just, they had impact. They wouldn't even really say much, but I started to look behind the curtain realizing it's not just their messaging. There's so much more to it. Mm-hmm. What's the biggest disconnect between where people see themselves and where they actually are? Like the most common ones that you see. 
It's the feeling. We'll go off of feeling. If I feel good, I must have influence. Mm -hmm. I've been doing this for a long time. I hear that all the time. I am the CEO. I have worked hard for this position. It's the misperception of how we feel versus what reality states. That's number one. Mm -hmm. I'll give you two more. <laughs> brevity. The lack of brevity. Especially now in the last two years of virtual, it's everyone's telling you how there's Zoom fatigue. You probably hear that yeah. a lot. And I say to them, I don't think it's Zoom fatigue. I think it's really bad meetings. When you're on <laughs> these meetings that are so long-winded. The third is probably the biggest question my team and I received over the lockdown was you know, on Zoom and, and where do I look? I, I don't even know where to look. <laughs> because you, you gotta lock and load with that camera because it's the perception outside of that. Mm -hmm. And when I talk about connecting with purpose, that's the trust. And there's no way to build it without making the connection through your eyes. Mm -hmm. And you can see it, you know, it's common sense. And it's not like your listeners have never heard this before. It's, do you do it though? Yeah. And do you do it consistently? Mm -hmm. That's why I really like your talk about consistency, like that building trust. Like, I, like yeah. with my kids, like we've got, I've got four kids, we have a dog. I'm like, if you oh. ever tell the dog that you're giving the, you're the dog a treat, you have to give the dog a treat. You can't just do it to get the dog to do something. And then you, don't. so <laughs> like right. build, you, you have to build trust with your dog. You have to build trust with your kids or family, everybody you're working with. So what are the best yeah. ways you feel to are to build trust? Mm-hmm. It's a lot of the, the whole idea, we talk a lot about eye connection and all the behaviors that my team and I teach, it's only speak when you see eyes. And people laugh at that, but I know you as a parent, and I don't know the ages of your children. They're all spread out, they're teenagers all spread out. and five-year-olds. Okay, so five-year-old, and yeah. maybe your five-year-old, if they're talking to you, he, she? But I have you, both, you, I have boy-girl twins. Oh, those are the twins of yeah. five-year-olds. Okay, so let's say he, she is talking to you, but you're busy doing something else. And every, every parent has experienced this. You ever get one of these? Oh yeah. Right, or you get yeah. the, the tug on the shirt. And it's so interesting because we teach this, but I really think over the years, it's we, we're so caught up in, you're trying to talk to me, but I've got to get this email out or yeah. the world will end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the, that piece of it, the, the trust of it. It's it's still the, the consistency. If I just, and I, I do a lot of research. We, we partner with the University of Northern Colorado mm -hmm. every year. And it's just because I want to make sure that what we're teaching is truly proven mm -hmm. and everything when we go and we go back and we will do surveys with the leaders that we teach they'll always say it's the consistency it's I can't be caught saying one thing in the hallway or saying now one thing on zoom and then saying one thing in the meeting but it's not just the consistency of the messaging and this is the tough one it's the body language mm -hmm. is what you're saying truly consistent with are you really passionate are you really concerned? Should I be concerned? And when you get to that leadership role, the camera is always on. People are always watching you because they're wondering, how did you get to be a VP? <laughs> and they're looking deeper into it. Mm -hmm. So it's the, the, the consistency, I think more now than ever, because mm -hmm. of all these different mediums that we get to work with and the hybrid. And you know, the, I think with the hybrid too, tying it to consistency, a lot of leaders are coming to me wondering, how can I connect, engage, build influence with my listeners who are always at home now, and they're not coming back. Mm -hmm. And I've got a group that is in the office. And you and I both know there's different conversations, there's a different experience if you're virtual versus that you're in person. Mm -hmm. And we're helping them bring those two together, but it's, it's the consistency and the trust. What are the adjustments that you have to make to build that through Zoom? <sighs> 
How much time do you have? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe some highlights. Some highlights. 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 I can give you highlights. One leader said it best to me last week, and he said, "With my audience, my team, that's never coming back. The one thing I need to tell them, and I just need to be transparent, is I'm not making you come back. I get that. That is totally your choice. I do need to be transparent with you and tell you when you're not in our strategic meetings, and that we, the other team, is of what your results are going to be." Mm-hmm. Meaning, what your experience is. So, something that I teach when clients ask me to come and talk about hybrid interactions, I'll say to them, well, "If you're leading that meeting, have a moderator with you. It can just be someone on your team that is catching up the virtual audience on the conversation that happened when all of you came in person. Right? Mm-hmm. It's that pre-conversation." the side conversations that are happening in the room, the chat that might be happening, or if you can tell someone just lost, you just lost them, so you've just disengaged them, you mm-hmm. gotta engage them immediately, and then the big one, who's going to catch up the virtual audience in the conversations that happen once all of you left? Mm-hmm. The Zoom, but you're still all in the room. And now that there's all that level of complexity with the technology is having someone being able to manage that for you, so as a facilitator of that meeting, you are focused on the one job you are there to do, communicate a clear message, mm-hmm. make sure people perceive you the way you want to be perceived, and the big one is that there is some type of specific action step that you've stated that everyone's really clear on that you don't have that same meeting again. Mm-hmm. And you're just progressing along in whether it's the agenda, the objective, or the relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things you were talking about before we came in <clears throat> here is is obviously there was so much transition from in-person to, to Virtual, yes. and you said now you you there's some bad habits that can be picked up going from uh, virtual back to in person. What are some of those <laughs> bad habits, and how do you get around them? And I'm trying not to do some of them right now because <laughs> I'm just a guilt. I mean, we are all creatures of habit. Yeah. One of my clients said it's best when he had to go in person for the first time, or chose to, I should say, and it was a sales pitch. And he says he calls me after he goes. That was a cluster. It was an absolute hot mess. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, well, think about it. When you're on Zoom, you see this. So he was sharing with me, which I have to, as well, created all these bad habits, the fidgeting of my feet, right? The leaning, or this is the big one, is how many times have you been on Zoom and you have all your notes in front of you? I know I did. And I've got Post-it notes as reminders. And the first time getting out back in person, no notes, like all <laughs> that is gone. So it's, it's, those are the common ones that I'm hearing. It's mm-hmm. also the third one, when you're on Zoom or Teams, what, whatever you're, you're using, you can see your instant feedback. Mm-hmm. I can't see my feedback right now. So I'm, I'm just going <laughs> off of how I'm feeling and watching your body language. Mm-hmm. So my key, my recommendation for that is that's why we go back to consistency. Mm-hmm. And I know when we first went into lockdown, we were all figuring it out. And mm-hmm. we were forgiving, but it's been a while <laughs> and we yeah. can't be forgiving anymore. When I watched some of my leaders, the way that they would show up, you know, I'd see half of their head and some of the stuff I'd see in the background, I'd be thinking, is that what I think that is or what's yeah. going on? Right. And it's making sure that your name is on everything that you do. Every time you show up, the camera's on, literally the camera's mm-hmm. on. Here's the good news. If there's one thing, no matter what's going on in our world and the challenges that we are all facing, there's one thing you've got control over, and that's your development. Mm-hmm. So practice. I guess maybe that's the, probably the biggest takeaway here is the easy, hard answer is get on the golf course and start swinging the club. Practice, practice, practice. Every interaction is an opportunity to practice. That's the good news. Mm-hmm. You don't have to carve out time in your day to do this. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, and how do you uh, work in feedback? I know you're saying that that's one of the toughest things yeah. for leaders, one, just, just to get it, and then how to take it. <laughs> Isn't that true? I, mean, I don't know if maybe you experienced this at your company at Premiere and you're experiencing it, but you reach a certain level. Eric loves me. Yeah, right. Eric, He's like, yeah, our maybe. silent producer back there. He's like, man, you're awesome every time. <laughs> He's nodding his head. He's giving us <laughs> He's thumbs, thumbs up, up right now. Yeah. yeah. So many times leaders will say, well, how do I get feedback? Because if I ask even my executive team, how did I do? Great. It's good. Good job. <laughs> we walk around <laughs> life saying, well, I'm good because everyone says I am. We talk a lot about we have a model, an influence model, and there's three key drivers that sit around this triangle, the outside of it, and one of them is feedback. Mm -hmm. And I share with individuals, always prepare for the feedback. So for example, before we started to do this interview today, if I would have said to you, all right, here's what I'm working on. Can you watch for it? Can you listen for it? If it's something you can't interactively coach me in the moment here. Mm -hmm. And then after we get done, I take what, what does it take, two minutes, five minutes, and you give me feedback. Now, I personally will write down the things that I feel like that's going to make me go to the next level. If you saw my office at home, I have post-it notes everywhere <laughs> because it's just the constant. And it's the feedback from my coaches, my team, prepare for the feedback. And even after that, when someone says to you, that was really good, and, and I'm not saying you're not good, it's just, <laughs> what do you do with it? Ask them, yep. what did I do, what did I say where you, you get the greatest, you receive the greatest impact, or what can I do next time to give you more value? Mm -hmm. And the best place to get the feedback is sometimes your people in your personal life. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure everyone has someone in their personal life that can't wait to give them feedback. <laughs> just, sometimes you don't even have to ask for it, right? But it's, it's there. And that, that feedback is, I think, the number one, the number one piece. And the second, because I just want to make sure that you want to give like an action step to your listeners is start recording yourself. Hmm. We can do it on our phones. It's so easy to do. And if you're on Zoom, all you have to do is set your phone right below the camera you're using. No one knows you're doing it. And that way you can start to really experience, well, here's how I feel. Here's what I thought I said versus here's what everyone actually sees. Mm -hmm. I guess if there's one thing you're listeners would take away from this is just start recording yourself and you have to watch it though <laughs> yeah <laughs> you can't that's the hard it. part it's the hard part yeah and i'd lie to you if i thought it gets easy it doesn't get easier you just become more aware of in the moment of adapting your style adapting to the outcome the mm -hmm. purpose of the conversation and the body language of whoever you're trying to influence mm-hmm Great. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing about leadership yeah. and influence oh, and persuasion, everything. Thank so. you. Thanks for letting me do this with you. Great. Well, thanks, Stacey. And uh, for those watching and listening, make sure to subscribe and comment. And thank you again for watching the Beyond Speaking Podcast. Thank you for joining us for the Beyond Speaking Podcast. To learn more about today's guest, go to beyondspeak.com. Make sure to leave a review and subscribe wherever you listen.